The show you love with even more local, local news. news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to this uh, wonderful Thursday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas with you, your concierge for conversation as we get underway here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. By the way, a big day, big day in the Douglas household here today. My uh, long-suffering wife and I are celebrating 32 years of marriage today. Can you believe that? Unbelievable. And so just want to thank uh, Lori for her love, support, encouragement, and being an exceptional mom to our kids. So uh, today we're celebrating 32 years. So right after the program, we are uh, making our way to one of our favorite restaurants at an undisclosed location uh, to celebrate uh, those 32 years. By the way, I did a... uh, I did a graveside service yesterday for a 96-year-old World War II veteran. He was married to his wife before her death for 72 years. Lori and I will never make it to 72 years. Uh, We started, I was 34, she was 33. She's never gotten older. I've gotten way older. I'm not sure how that works out. But anyway, she's been a blessing to me and uh, couldn't do what I do without her so uh Lori thank you a lot to a uh, lot to cover today uh, just a quick update this coming uh, from Wisconsin apparently five people have been shot at a cemetery near Racine Wisconsin happened at Graceland Cemetery during a funeral for Deshante King uh, Deshante King shot and killed by Racine police uh, back in May uh, the nearby Ascension All States Hospital is treating the wounded and is <clears throat> on lockdown. We'll, uh, we'll keep a watch on that. And just a program note for later today, President Biden is scheduled to talk about guns and such at about 4.30 our time. Uh, we'll do our best to tap into that and join <clears throat> that particular conversation in progress to see what the president has to say thanks to uh, all of you thanks to all the candidates yesterday who weighed in and uh, gave us their 60 second uh, summary of the issues they're concerned about and why they'd like people to vote for them not all candidates were able to get in tomorrow so we're going to uh, open the phones right now to uh, two candidates who are going to be with us first up will be dr cordy williams running for u.s senate and then Rachel Hamm running for California Secretary of State. Dr. Williams, welcome to the Mike Douglas Show, and uh, tell us about the issues you're concerned about and why folks should cast a vote for you. Hey, Mike. Well, um, you know, it's it's really simple. I think what's facing our republic in, in 2022, I don't think it's about Trump or Biden, red or blue, race or gender. I think it's about our kids and the future we want them to walk into. You know, Californians are facing this two-year travesty or three-year travesty of businesses being shut down and they're trying to recover. And, um, you know, we're going up and down on a bus tour, Rachel Hamm and I are. Um, And what's really clear to us is people are worried about election integrity. People are worried about, you know, when the next uh, pandemic of sorts happens or or comes around, they're worried about if they're going to have their ADA and HIPAA rights protected. 
with a medical exemption or a religious exemption. And then they want their borders protected. They don't want these national security threats or that people like Alex Padilla and uh, uh, Mussolini um, and President Biden um, are allowing to happen. So that's what we've been seeing. That's kind of the forecast. And uh, I'm the front runner. I'm the Republican front run runner out there. And really the only guy that stood up uh, with with Rachel Ham that's running for secretary of state. And I boldly just said that that there was fraud in 2020, whereas my opponent has put in an election integrity lawsuit, but publicly came out and said there was no voter fraud in 2020. So there's one choice, six-year full-term U.S. Senate. Uh, Cordy Williams, I'm a doctor and a dad, a U.S. Marine, 42 years old, and I have two kids under the age of five. All right, and a website where folks can learn more about you, Dr. Williams. Yes, sir. It's Cordy4Senate.com, C-O-R-D-I-E, number4Senate.com. And really appreciate you having me on today. And I'll, I'll turn it over to Rachel for her one minute. And God bless you for what you're doing, Mike. All right, Dr. Cordy Williams running for U.S. Senate. And Rachel Ham now up. Rachel running for California Secretary of State. Rachel, it's all yours. Hey, how's it going? Hey, I'm so grateful to have you uh, have this opportunity to be with you. And, you know, election integrity is so essential. If we don't have honest elections, we don't have a free republic. So I'm running for secretary of state to secure our vote, to give the, the people of California their voice back, their vote back, so that we can actually elect our officials instead of have them selected for us, which is unfortunately what I think is happening now. And I, I have proof of that. I've investigated our election systems for the last year and a half. And I can tell you that as I have investigated, it's gone from bad to worse to worse. Uh, we are having our vote stolen in about a thousand different ways. And it's very, very serious. And if we don't turn it around now, I'm concerned for our future. So, so I'm running to, to fix that, to, to get the reins back into the hands of, the, of we the people. And it's, it's looking good. I think I'm going to be able to, to get to this primary. It's been an uphill battle in a state with uh, lots and lots of blue. But I really believe that the, that the tide is shifting and that a conservative like me could actually be left well, Rachel Ham, a lot of people concerned about uh, ballot integrity. Just very quickly uh, in our remaining time here, what what would you do? What would you propose in order to make a more secure effort towards ballot integrity, election integrity? Yeah, well, the first thing I would do is decertify the voting machines because despite what you may have heard, they absolutely can be hacked. And I know that because I have watched the white hat hackers hack them and flip votes. So there, there's no such thing as a safe voting machine right now. If, if it has any capability of being hooked up to the Internet, which they all do, then it is vulnerable. So I would decertify the machines. I would go back to secure paper ballots that have security measures in them similar to paper money. And so there, there's actually a piece of paper that has a proprietary blend of clay and chemical in the paper to make it where you couldn't duplicate it. And so that would be useful if we have to stick with the, the mass mail-in and balloting that we're you know, doing right now as a state. I would love to, to not do that. I would prefer to go back to in-person voting. It's more secure. And so in-person voting, no machines, paper ballots, hand count. I'd love to live stream the count at the end of the day with small precincts, no big voting centers. You know, I want to go back to, like, voting in your neighbor's garage, keeping it the smallest possible precinct. Uh, you know, the, the smaller, the better as far as local control. 
and also more transparency in the system, I think, would would breed trust. And trust is so essential because the majority of Americans right now don't believe we have secure elections. And then, of course, voter ID is basic 101 common sense, but that's something that I wouldn't have complete jurisdiction over. That's something that would have to go to the legislature. So that's something that I would advocate for. All right, Rachel Ham running for California Secretary of State. And uh, Rachel, a website where folks can learn more about you. Yes, rachelhamsos.com. And that's R-A-C-H-E-L-H-A-M-M-S-O-S.com. All right, Rachel Ham, thanks for uh, checking in along with Cordy Williams. Cordy Williams running for U.S. Senate. Rachel Ham, California Secretary of State. Thanks for checking in today. Appreciate it. All right, we'll continue here on the Mike Douglas Show uh, as we look at what's happening around the state. Uh, By the way, this just uh, coming in today. L.A. County, here we go. And I'm, I'm waiting... I'm waiting for the California emergency declaration to start to apply to monkeypox. Here we go. Los Angeles County. We already know there was a case up in Sacramento. L.A. County now has its first what they call presumptive case of monkeypox. L.A. health officials saying that this patiently recently traveled, they didn't say where, and was, quote, in close contact with a person who was also infected. They say the patients uh, reported to be showing symptoms, doing well, isolating at home. They're working with the CDC to confirm the case. I have questions that, that are not covered by this blurb here. Number one, what was the gender of the person? Uh, early reports were, are, that monkeypox is apparently being actively trans- transmitted by men having sex with fellow men. Is this a man? And when they say in close contact with a person who is also infected, you see there's so much in these blurbs that's left out. So much crafting. You know, there's, there are crimes of commission and crimes of omission. And it seems today in journalism, there are many crimes of omission. I, uh, we, we need to look into this and see if we can get more information because it's important. Is this something that's affecting the general population or is it, is it restricted so far to males having sex with males? We need to know that. How come this isn't being reported here? Perhaps that's a rhetorical question given the state of journalism today. Coming up next, I want to get your reactions to yesterday. If you have time, would still uh, be interested in in your reactions to uh, what you've heard thus far from candidates. We'll talk to you about that uh, a little bit later today. And uh, also want to talk about, (laughs) as we look possibly at joining the president later on today, maybe around 435 or so, to find out what he has to say about guns now. Very interesting to me how knives now are being used to kill people. Can you imagine that? It's not just guns. We'll talk about that in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. 
with the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this fine Thursday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Welcome back to Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We brought you a news flash yesterday, a shooting in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. The police in Tulsa are now saying they believe they have a motive for yesterday's shooting at a hospital clinic. Uh, The police chief, Wendell Franklin, says the gunman recently apparently had back surgery and was upset with his doctor because he was still in pain. We have also found a letter on the suspect which made it clear that he came in with the intent to kill Dr. Phillips. Apparently he had an AR-style rifle, whatever that means. I'm not sure people really understand what that means anymore. Anyway, he used it to kill the doctor and three other people, uh, then took his own life, and police say he uh, bought the rifle apparently the same day as the shooting. Uh, The chief again saying that he found a note on the gunman that spelled out his intent to kill the doctor, who had just recently performed back surgery on the suspect. He blamed Dr. Phillips for the ongoing pain following the surgery. So, because he had pain after surgery, and, he, and the reason I'm bringing this whole thing is uh, I, whole thing up is I, wanted, I want us to, to think about what the root issues are. Is the root issue here that he had access to a gun, or is the root issue here that the man was mentally um, ups, uh, unstable and that he was homicidal and suicidal? Here's a final comment from the police chief there, Chief uh, Wendell Franklin. Purchased a semi-automatic rifle from a local gun store. That semi-automatic rifle was an AR-15. All right, so that's Tulsa, Oklahoma. And my guess is, and again, we're going to try, uh, if we can, uh, to join President Biden a little bit after 4.30 today to get his comments on... uh, what his solutions are to these homicidal uh, homicidal maniacs. We'll, um, we'll be interested to see what he has to say about it. But for you and me, what, what are the root causes? What are the root causes? Now, I'm going to bring this up as a follow-up. A fugitive wanted for the murder of a California woman is himself now dead. Seattle police say that Marshall Curtis Jones of Antioch, California, by the way, was shot and killed last night by multiple officers at an apartment in Kent. Here we go. He reportedly charged the officers with a knife. Apparently, the Violent Offender Task Force was attempting to uh, serve a warrant for his arrest at the Skyview Apartments. So, he charged the officers with a knife. Knife violence. Are we going to hear from the president today about knife violence? Are we going to hear from Whoopi Goldberg about knife violence? Are we going to hear from Gavin Newsom about knife violence? Are we going to hear from Kamala Harris about knife violence? Let I am not a prophet, but let me predict. No. No, we're not going to hear about it. Well, Mike, that was... That's just an isolated, isolated situation. 
All right, let's go to nearby Stockton, California. One person is in the hospital for stabbing injuries. That means usually a puncture injury due to a sharpened object after he got robbed. According to the Stockton police, the incident happened on uh, this week on East Fremont Street. They say a man was approached by two suspects who demanded that he give them his belongings. One of the suspects stabbed the victim. Fortunately, apparently the victim is expected to recover. Again, are we going to hear about knife violence? Are we going to hear about legislation to enable people to sue the manufacturers of knife makers because those knives are used in homicides or attempted homicides? Again, not a profit. I'm suspecting we're not going to hear about that. And again, the the reason I'm, and I'm not being snarky just to be snarky. I try not to be snarky, but this is getting upsetting. Let's deal with reality. The root causes of killing people deal with the people doing the killing, not with the mode of killing. Throughout human history, killing has been done with bare hands. In the Old Testament days, although actually fairly infrequent, stoning was a method. And then, of course, throughout history, we have decapitations, we have the hangman, we have all sorts of different ways of doing away with people. But we're going to blame guns. Why? We're going to blame guns because it fits the narrative. Because it fits the narrative of the woke culture. And it's time that we said, nope, sorry, that doesn't, we're not going to carry that water for you. It doesn't add up. Let's deal with the root causes. Governor Newsom, Vice President Kamala Harris, President Joe Biden, ladies on The View. Let's deal with the real issues. Can we, can we just deal with what's reality? Or is that something that the woke left will not do with us anymore is look at reality? I believe we need to um, demand that, not in an irate way, but to stand firm. We're going to stand firm on some more issues coming up in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Don't go away. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Thursday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Thanks for joining us. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we navigate through the issues of the day that directly affect you and me again right here in California's Central Valley. Elections coming up, of course, uh, the primaries on June 7th. That's coming up this Tuesday already. And then, of course, uh, the uh, November 8th. Uh, again, I believe, uh, yes, on June 7th, but definitely November 8th. 
uh, midterm election going to be a, a tipping point, uh, if not for California, for the nation as well. Again, we've invited folks uh, who are running for office to call and uh, give us their issues, what they think are important to us, and why we should vote for them. We have two on the line right now. Let's go first to uh, a name well-known to Californians, George Radonovich, and he is running for the State Senate District 4. George Radonovich, welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike, it's great to be on the show. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, Many issues facing us today in California. Water, crime, homelessness. Uh, What do you you want to start with? What do you want to attack first? What are your priorities? Well, my goal is I I really do feel that I can help turn the state around. And uh, and I don't mean that lightly. Uh, You know, many folks remember me. I left, uh, walked away from Congress 12 years ago to raise my son, and I've decided to get back into the fight. Uh, you know, the, the, the primary issues for our valley is water and agriculture, and I've got a, a, a terrific plan that's been promoted by former Assemblyman uh, Bill Berryhill uh, to bring water through the Delta and south of the Delta into the San Joaquin Valley. And uh, that, I'm really looking forward to promoting that. Um, in addition to that is the state's violence, homelessness, uh, lack of uh, of uh, respect for authority all has to be restored in the state if we ever hope to turn it around again george radonovich uh, let me just ask you having been through being in congress you must be passionate about running for office again to to enter the fray again (laughs) yeah call it passion go in most people uh when I tell people that I've decided to re-enter, they, they, uh, the, the most common question they ask is, did you get your head examined? And, uh, and I get it. It's a, it's a nightmare. But I have a passion for this, and I really feel that I've got a lot to contribute to, to, uh, to turning this state around and making it more conservative again. I really believe that's very possible. So, so that's why I'm in it. Before we let you go, just uh, very quickly, a question about District 4, California Senate District 4. Seems like a very eclectic uh, district. I'm, I'm looking at it in the north. You've got Placer County, El Dorado, Alpine, Amador, Calaveras, uh, Tuolumne, down to Stanislaus in the west, Mariposa, Mono to the east, down to Madero, all the way down into Inyo. In any... Any difficulties that you see in representing such a, a broad array of, of areas? Uh, not really. Uh, to be honest with you, I've, I've represented similar area when I was in Congress. Uh, it's a mountain. Uh, it's a mountain district, and it's vast. Like you mentioned, all are parts of thirteen counties, and it's either valley issues or mountain issues. And I've got great experience in both of those. Uh, you know, people just want to be left alone, have freedom, live their lives, uh, uh, be supportive of the, the Second Amendment and uh, uh, pro-life. And I'm all of those. And, you know, it's uh, I think that I can bring the experience to bear for both uh, mountain communities and here in the San Joaquin Valley. All right. George Radonovich running for State Senate District 4, uh, Georgia website where folks can learn more. Yes, you can uh, reach my website at George for Senate 
2022.com. All right, George, thanks for stopping by. George Rodonovich, candidate for State Senate District 4. Thanks so much for dropping by. We appreciate that uh, very much. All right, on the line now with us as well, Don Grunman, and he's running for U.S. Senate. Uh, Don, welcome, and uh, tell us about the issues you're concerned about and why folks ought to vote for you. Well, thank you for the opportunity to speak to you. I'm chairman of the Constitution Party in California, and that question, that's a very broad question because there's so many issues of vital importance to our nation. Uh, my, my campaign statement in the State Voter's Guide can explain many issues that I'm dealing with. Uh, and also my website of fightthepower.org, which is actually between the words fight-power.org. But um, out of all that, that fantastic amount of issues, the vaccine mandates, which I'm totally against, is one issue that I believe the vaccines actually don't work and they're actually harmful. If we go to the government website of VAERS, Vaccine Adverse Events Recording System, the vaccines that have had 1 million reports of injuries, including 26,000 and more deaths, which is more than all other vaccines combined since the program was started. So that's one good issue, I think, for the health of our of our uh, citizens that we need to find. I'm a doctor of chiropractic by profession, so I believe in building your immune system naturally and that the vaccines actually harm your immune system instead of enhance it. And we also are dealing, the President of the United States today is going to talk about gun issues and, and such. What What's your feeling about there? Where ought we to be going as a nation in terms of addressing violence using weapons like a gun? Well, uh, years ago, I didn't take participate in it, but in past decades, you actually had gun clubs at schools where uh, uh, teenagers would bring their guns to school and either from home or leave, it, leave them at the school and participate in even shooting events. So uh, to me, that is a past uh, episode in when we had a, a country which had a, a base belief like the water, like fish in water. We believed in the value of human life. But our, our schools have now taught evolution, which is totally ridiculous religious philosophy instead of science. And we be, we're teaching our, our children to have a blah uh, view of life that it's no big deal. And therefore, to me, when you have a mass shooting event, you have people who are disregarding human life, the value of human life. And as demonstrated by gun laws, so-called gun laws across the country, Chicago, Philadelphia, Boston, Detroit, fill in the blank. Though when those laws exist, people still blast the hell out of each other and you actually have crime increasing. So. To me, we have to go back to a value of human life taught in our schools and get that restored in our country. And that's what's going to stop uh, mass shootings or any shootings as compared to any government mandates, which are totally ludicrous and won't do anything. So it sounds like uh, you're probably agreeing with many of us that the, the root issue begins early on in a child's development. Yes, absolutely. And, and that, that's very comprehensive in the schools are teaching the, the uh, disregard for human life. But it comes to the collapse of the family, which is being encouraged by, I believe, the philosophy of feminism and many other aspects in our country. So to go back to the nuclear family, which children desperately need a mother and a father. And, and by that sound basis is when they'll come up to value human life. All right, Don Grundman, uh, running for U.S. Senate. Uh, Don, one more time, the website where folks can find out more about you. Oh, fightthepower.org with dashes between the words, fight-the-power.org. 
and they can check out the Constitution Party of California, which I hope they'll join as a party of action to get things done. And my campaign statement in the Voters Guide will give a greater uh, uh, idea of the philosophies which I'm promoting. All right, Don Grunman, thanks for calling today. A candidate for U.S. Senate. Appreciate you uh, checking in with us today. Absolutely. Again, uh, Don Grunman, candidate for U.S. Senate. Uh, I hope you're finding this valuable. Uh, Yesterday, uh, we, we were really so happy to see so many candidates call in and give us their their quick summary of what they're about, the issues that they're concerned about, and how they want to deal with them. Hope you have found that valuable as well. Just out of curiosity, do, have you learned anything new over the past two days, uh, things that perhaps are helping you make a choice regarding who to vote for? Our mission here is to give you as much information as we can so that you can make an intelligent choice. I'm not really asking you who you're advocating for, but uh, just uh, is this process helping you in your decision-making? We hope it is. Mike Douglas Show will continue here in three minutes, and we'll be talking about one of New York's solutions to violent crimes involving guns. We'll talk about what New York Governor Kathy Hochul wants to do about it. That's coming up in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV, our phone number 209-551-3483. Back in three minutes. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Thursday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, this just in. Uh, if you're familiar with the uh, uh, former semi uh, floral supply building now occupied by the Salvation Army Thrift Store, they're on uh, McHenry and Bangs in North Modesto. Apparently, uh, a fire broke out shortly after 2 p.m. today. Uh, four alarm fire, and uh, they're saying uh, no injuries. Apparently, most of the damage relegated to the warehouse area. Again, uh, no injuries. Uh, that building currently occupied by the Salvation Army Thrift Store. Again, if you're familiar with the old uh, semi floral supply center, that's now being rented out to the uh, Salvation Army thrift store in Modesto. If you're in the area, might be a good idea to avoid it. Apparently, traffic is uh, backed up uh, to Pellendale, and so a good uh, good idea to to avoid that particular area. Northbound McHenry closed at Pellendale at the moment. Traffic backed up in all directions, so if you're headed that way, it's a major area. In Modesto, McHenry, and, and Pellendale, if you're headed to that area, might be a good idea to uh, find an alternate route fairly uh, soon. Glad to hear uh, no injuries uh, at all uh, reported on that. We're talking a bit earlier about New York. Governor Kathy Hochul has an idea how to uh, solve violence involving guns. Uh, she and legislative leaders in New York They're saying they want to raise the legal age to purchase an AR-15 rifle in New York to 20 years old. Currently, it's 18 years old. And then a package of measures to go along with it. One of those measures uh, being that um, 
They would involve apparently micro-stamping, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. That's just going to drive up the price, and it's it's also putting more burden upon the gun manufacturers as well. And uh, so I I just, uh, well, anyway, what do you think? What do you think? Is that what California ought to do? You think that would solve the problem of people killing each other if we raise the age of buying buying a rifle from 18 to 21? Do you think that that is going to solve things? Would it even contribute to solving things? Because the bad guys or gals, they're, they're obviously, they're, they're going to pay attention to that, aren't they? Yeah, the, the crooks... The murderers, the homicidal maniacs, they'll pay attention to that law, I am sure. I just, what, where has common sense gone? Where has common sense gone? And uh, the bill to raise uh, the age to buy assault rifles in New York, um, also in, uh, in states like Illinois, Washington, State, Hawaii, and Florida. And... Uh, what ideas, other ideas are, are in play? Well, they've, uh, for their uh, rationale, they say these weapons have made places in our communities like schools, grocery stores, houses of worship, and concerts, places of carnage. Well, yeah, but I don't think that's going to solve the problem. What do you think? Well, raising the age of when you can buy a rifle, you think that's going to solve things? Really? 209-551-3483. You may think I'm being rhetorical, but I would, but we would be interested in your opinions on that. 209-551-3483. By the way, looking ahead today, just after the top of the hour, uh, we're scheduled to uh, have a call from Donna Linder. She is the Registrar of Voters. For Stanislaus County, and we've been impressed by her transparency. We'll be asking her questions about how secure are elections? What about these mail-in ballots? Are people confused about how they can vote? We'll find out from Donna Linder, get some clarity on uh, on many of those issues. Again, that's coming up after the top of the hour uh, in our second hour today. And then uh, towards oh, about 435, 436 or so, We'll be checking in to see what President Joe Biden has to say about uh, violence and involving guns. Again, I, I, earlier I cited two cases where uh, violence occurred using knives. So I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to hear from the folks that want to outlaw knives, that want to uh, raise the age where you can buy a knife, where... We have red flag laws involving knives. No? No, only guns, not not knives. Even though knives are, are used to kill people. I don't know. Area code two zero nine five five one three four eight three two zero nine five five one three four eight three. I don't know. <laughs> Would I actively oppose raising uh, the age to buy guns? I don't know that I would actively oppose it. I just think it's uh, something that's not going to uh, not going to solve the problem. By the way, uh, referring to solving problems, congratulations to the city of Stockton. 
your new uh, police chief is going to be officially sworn in today, I believe. His name is Stanley McFadden. He was named the new police chief about a month ago, and he'll be taking the oath of office and receive his chief's badge today, I believe at 4 p.m. at the Stockton Memorial Civic Auditorium. We wish uh, Chief McFadden the best as he helps guide the men and women in blue for the Stockton Police Department. By the way, he uh, previously served as deputy chief at the San Jose uh, Police Department as well. Again, we're uh, monitoring that situation at Pellendale and McHenry. Uh, The uh, thrift store belonging to the Salvation Army in Modesto apparently has had a fire started a little bit after 2 p.m. today. Fire for alarm fire involved in attempting to uh, to put that out, and we're glad to hear no, absolutely no lives uh, injured, uh, no injuries, no lives lost. Happy to hear that. But if you're in the area of McHenry and Pellendale, big deal. And again, those of you familiar with the area, that used to be the the semi florist building. Boy, we uh, spent a lot of time there. Um, Avoid that area. Let's go quickly to the phones before we hit the top of the hour. Mike from Modesto, your thoughts about the Texas school shooting. Welcome, Mike. Uh, The name was Frank, if that's me. You're on? Frank, I'm sorry, Frank. You can call me. You can call me Fred. All right, go ahead, Frank. I'm sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. I'll tell you what, uh, Frank, uh, well, let me uh, let me hold you. We're hitting our break. Uh, let me hold you over, and I will take your call right after news, weather, and traffic. Oh, don't go away. We will be right back. Okay, Friday. The show you love with even more local, local news. news and more local talk. talk. The Voice of the Valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to hour number two of the Mike Douglas Show here on this Thursday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we tackle the big issues of the day that affect you and me directly right here in California's Central Valley. Let's go to the phones, 209-551-3483. Frank from Modesto has been patiently waiting. Frank, it's all yours, my friend. Thanks for calling. Thank you for uh, taking my call, Mike. I have a comment on the school shooting in, uh, in Texas, and if there's any uh, relatives of those, fo- of those children living in our area listening to you, uh, my condolences to them, and uh, I hope they uh, realize that they are with God. Uh, my question is this. No, nothing has been answered to us. That 19-year-old boy that uh, was the shooter apparently lived with his grandmother, and I don't know if he had a job or not. But how does a 19-year-old boy that uh, just graduated high school um, afford those weapons? Because uh, the weapons they showed us on TV, and uh, I, I know the value of them. Uh, you're talking about $3,000 worth of weapon, of guns, and plus a Kevlar vest. Where did he get that? And also uh, 1,800 rounds of ammunition they found on him at about a dollar and a half a round. 
that's a, that's quite a bit of money. And don't tell me that the FBI can't trace where he got all that and how. Um, and that that's my comment. Uh, it's it's just I, I feel we're being bruised. Yeah, Frank, uh, I, I think you raised questions that a lot of people are asking. I think one of the problems, uh, the, and again, we're not trying to Thursday afternoon quarterback what happened there. Uh, tough, tough situation Correct. and a lot of pressure on a lot of different agencies there. I think one of the problems has yeah. been inadequate communication, a lack of information. And in our age, in our information age, where we have information coming uh, live from a bazillion different sources at the same time, Frank, one of the problems that we have is verifying what's true and what's not true. And one of the problems, I think, is from the very beginning, the information has been suspect. And that that further creates, uh, you know, it, it adds to the horrible, horrible stress and trauma that those folks are going through and people across the nation. I, fr- I, I think, Frank, in general, there are a lot of questions we just don't have answers to yet. And I'm hoping that we get them. I'm I, I'm hoping that one of the things that comes out of this for the local agencies there in Texas is they'll do what we call a hot wash in the fire service. They'll look at what happened, how it happened, and then say how we how can we do things better in the future. Absolutely. Another concern I have, Mike, is uh, why don't they put a uh, a moratorium or a, a limit on these uh, video games? Because these kids sit at home, especially over the last two years with COVID, and they're uh, playing these video games. And I don't, I don't do it. I, but from what I've seen, these things are almost true to life. I mean, it, yeah. you talk about carnage and and killing, mass killing, and everything. These kids are playing these video games all day long on their computers, and uh, just, and it's all about getting to the next level. I, I think there's something there that should be researched. Frank, I agree with you 100%. Uh, thanks for your call, uh, bringing up some good issues there. Frank from Modesto. Frank, I think the other thing involved is uh, in, in talking about video games and, and our culture in general. We are desensitizing our children to the realities of violence. We are desensitizing them to the value the sanctity of life itself. And uh, I think our culture needs to take responsibility for that. All right, talking about uh, a lot of the violence going on throughout the nation, uh, we'll be checking in with uh, President uh, Joe Biden uh, around 4.30, 4.35 today uh, to see his comments about it. We've also been talking about the elections coming up, the primaries coming up on June 7, and then, of course, uh, November 8, uh, the midterm elections, and one of the busiest ladies around town in Stanislaus County, anyway, is the registrar of voters. Her name is Donna Linder. Donna, on the line with us. Donna, welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. Thanks for taking time out to be with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I always want to get word out to our voters and, you know, see if there's questions I can answer and information I can give. Absolutely. By the way, you you have a litany of titles here. Clerk, recorder, registrar of voters, commissioner of civil uh, marriages. Is there anything I've missed? You have quite an array of responsibilities. 
No, I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's enough, right? Uh, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Donna, let's let's jump right in. I think a, a lot of things, uh, a, lot, a lot of things, people are worried about. What we hear a lot about is uh, doubts about whether the mail-in ballot uh, strategy is uh, is secure. Can you speak to that? Talk about how you process the mail-in ballots and what you do as the registrar of voters to make it as secure as possible. Um, yes, and thank you for asking. So, you know, one thing I want to mention is that um, we're, myself and most of my staff live in Stanislaus County, so we're voters too. So we have a vested interest in making sure that the election is secure because we want to make sure our votes are secure also. So we take that out to all of our voters and, um, you know, really take pride in working hard to secure things here in our office. Um, The law does say that I have to mail every active registered voter 29 days before the election a ballot. Um, So those ballots go out. There's several ways they can come back to us. You can put them in the mailbox, um, postage free. You can drop them in an official drop box. When you put them in an official drop box, the only people that have access to open that box and take them out are my staff. And they're zipped up in a bag that's in that box that they're in and a sealed shut so the people in the field don't touch them. Um, once, or you can go to any of our vote centers. Um, we have six open now and 23 more will open Saturday. So you can go in there and drop them off with a person. We do have outdoor boxes too, if you're comfortable with that. They all have um, cameras on them. So um, they have that extra security feature. Once the ballots um, are returned to our office, they are signature verified. Um, and we do look at every single one of them. Um, they go through several passes. First pass has your most recent um, signature from your registration on file. If they cannot match to that or it's missing or something, it is looked at by um, more senior ma- um, staff. Sorry, can't talk. Um, once they've looked at it, if they still find a problem with it, then it goes to upper management. And then the, the voter is contacted. You didn't sign this. Um, sometimes people are not comfortable with signing the outside of an envelope. So they're sent something that they can sign and send back to us. Or, you know, we want to contact you. Did you actually sign this? Is there, you know, something going on? So we're contacting voters in that way. Um, once the signature is verified and everything's good, ballots are sorted and then they're opened and they're opened in a way that we cannot see your name and address so that when we pull that ballot out we don't know who you are because voting is a private thing and so by design we don't know exactly how you vote. Um, Ballots are flattened and then they're ran through a scanner that tabulates their um, votes and then um, adjudication is done. So we cannot see any of the votes right now, um, but we are processing ballots. The law says we can start 29 days before the election. Um, We start processing once we have enough ballots to process. Donna Linder is our guest. She is the Registrar of Voters for Stanislaus County. Uh, Donna, a question. a lot of people have said, uh, and I, in fact, we've we've seen that happen as well. Uh, someone who no longer lives at the residence or lives out of state, a ballot will arrive for them. 
How does your office approach those? How do you know whether or not someone still lives there? And how can people resolve that issue if they get a ballot for someone that no longer lives at that address? So a couple ways. First, we send out postcards a lot of times, and I think people get annoyed by those and throw them away. But that's really our way of reaching out to you and saying, is this person still here? Are you still here? You know, communicate back with us on those. Um, Ballots that go out, if there is a change of address, the post office is not to um, send those on. They are to be returned to us. Um, and then we use that to update things in the voter registration. But if you do happen to get a ballot for somebody who doesn't live there, if you return it, we make them inactive in the rolls. And once you're inactive in the rolls, we do not mail you anything. Um, law does require us to wait till you haven't voted in um, a couple federal elections before we can cancel you or get something in writing from you, but we will make you inactive so we do not mail um, voting material to you. Donna, let me, them, I should say. <laughs> let me put on my, my ex-cop hat here just for a second and, and give you a what if. So uh, let's say someone does receive, wouldn't be anybody in our radio audience because they are all upstanding citizens, but someone may be part of another radio audience, may, uh, may get a ballot that is addressed to someone not in their home, and they attempt to cast two votes, uh, one of them fraudulently. Is there any way to know on on your end that that second one is fraudulent? Uh, Talk about that a little bit. Well, that's how your signature comes into play. Um, We're looking for a variety of things when we do the signature verification. And my staff is very careful with signature verification. I really like to tell um, people with questions and voters and observers. Um, So I cast my ballot one time, and um, I signed my envelope on my knee. And um, my ballot was rejected. (laughs) So... They don't care what your name is on that envelope. It needs to match your signature. So they're very careful when they're looking at these signatures. So if you're casting a ballot from someone else, especially, you know, somebody who used to live in your house, you're not going to know how they signed. So it's going to be rejected for the signature. Donna, and uh, I I have to tell you, I have a little bit of paranoia every time I sign my ballot. I'm going, I hope I didn't sign it too messy so it gets rejected. Uh, In about the minute or two we have left with you, uh, talk, I I get texts that tell me the status of my ballot. Can you talk about that tracking method and how people can take advantage of that? So we have a couple options for you to know what's happened with your ballot. You can sign up for ballot tracks, which is through actually the Secretary of State. The message will come and say it's from Stanislaus County, but we report things to them and they send those out. And so it's a nice way for voters to kind of know where you are in the system. And once we have verified your signature, you will get a text message that says your ballot is ready to um, be counted and then we will be opening it and flattening it and counting it as soon as um, that that is sent out. Um, there's another way you can do that if you don't sign up for ballot tracks and get those um, text messages. You can just go to our website and there's a, a spot on there that you can put your information in and find out where your ballot is and what's happened to it. Um, one thing I want to mention since you brought up ballot tracks, 
um, actually I have two things to mention. Um, if you um, are putting in for ballot tracks, please double check your phone number because we get a lot of calls from people that their number is one off from somebody else and they put it in wrong and then now they're getting text messages for someone else or their text messages going someplace else. So um, just do a little double check on yourself. And the other thing I wanted to mention is your ballot envelope is specific to you. So if you are um, voting with your family or your husband and wife or even roommates, uh, make sure that you're getting your right ballot envelope and signing it because that's how we verify your signature is by a barcode that tells us who you are on that. Um, it doesn't tell us your party or anything, just um, pulls up your signature so we can um, compare. And so if they if you sign the wrong envelope, then that's not going to match, and it takes some work for us. Donna Linder, she is the Registrar of Voters, in addition to several other hats she wears in Stanislaus County. Donna, thanks for your transparency. Thanks for spending time with us today. I know you're going to be very, very busy if you are not already. Thanks for spending time with us today. Thank you. I hope your voters are marking those ballots and getting them into us. Very good. Again, Donna Linder, uh, Registrar of Voters for Stanislaus County. Coming up in three minutes, uh, we'll get back to the phones. Uh, we have Robert, Jim, and Jessica waiting. I'll get to you in three minutes as the Mike Douglas Show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to the Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the Valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. All right, welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Among the topics we've been talking about today uh, are responses to the violence that's occurring. Governor, uh, Governor, President Biden will be addressing uh, some of that uh, a little bit after uh, the bottom of the hour, maybe around 4.35, 4.36 hour time. But let's go to the phone, see what you think about all of that, uh, especially as uh, another act of violence hitting the news today. Let's go to Robert in Modesto. Hi, Robert. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Well, I have two questions. One, I, I'm really concerned why there is such a concern over the violence that is being demonstrated in the United States nowadays. We teach our children how to kill, and the killing is okay from the very beginning of their lifespan. I mean, they're, they're, they're taught how to kill on picking up a laptop, picking up a cell phone, picking up a, a pad, and, and they play these games, and it's all about killing. You go to a movie, it's all about killing and blowing up. Uh, so I, I don't understand why we think that, that you know, somebody can spend, a, you know, a commercial company can spend a million dollars for a 30-second ad uh, to grab somebody's attention, and yet kids can play these murderous games on their, their laptops and phones for hours and think that that's not going to affect the child. I, I don't understand that. The I, second question I would have would be, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Robert, with your second question. No, the second question I have would be for your previous guest, and that is if we don't want to use a mail-in ballot because the mail-in ballots aren't counted until after the election is over, uh, can we get a precinct ballot versus a uh, mail-in ballot? I'll take my answer off the air. 
Yeah, thank you, Robert, for your questions uh, regarding number two. I can't give you a definite answer on that, uh, but we'll research that and get back to you. I'm thinking you can, uh, but I don't want to speak out of turn on that. We'll investigate that. Going back to your previous comment about why are we surprised at uh, the violence, I agree with you, Robert. I think the answer is not going to be found in legislation. The answer is going to be found in how we bring up our children, how we as a culture decide that it's time to quit glorifying violence and instead instill a a sense of the sanctity of life itself and quit desensitizing our children uh, to violence. Uh, I think, uh, Robert, that was a a very, very astute observation. Again, as to your uh, second question, I'll have uh, have to check on that. I believe, and I may be speaking out of turn, but we'll verify it, I believe that you can get a uh, uh, a ballot at uh, at the uh, voting locations they are listed in the sample ballot but again we'll attempt to verify that for you and if not today at least uh, tomorrow get an answer for you all right coming up uh, we have uh, jim is holding we'll get to jim after news traffic and weather and jessica as well as the mike douglas show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, and we'll also uh, check in to see what President Biden has to say. All coming up in five minutes. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation. Today, talking about, uh, again, uh, another couple of acts of violence using guns. We've talked about some using knives. And also we've heard from some candidates as well, letting us know what they're running for, why they're running, and why we should vote for them. Well, let's get back to the issues of guns and violence and knives and all of that uh, and Jim from Stockton has been patiently waiting. Jim, thanks for your patience. Welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. It's all yours. Hey, Mike. Gosh, thanks so much. Uh, you know, it's it's just amazing that what we're looking at with uh, these guys after these tragedies that we have, and it seems that these tragedies always come around just at the time that. Uh, that they're trying to divert us from other things that are going on in the world. But, uh, you know, when you break this down, it comes down to what uh, you had mentioned a little bit earlier, and that is, you know, it's our values. It's what are we teaching our children in school these days? And looking at the fact that uh, we have relegated life to nothing more than a blob that can be replaced or removed. And, um, as a pro-life person and a supporter of life and the protection of life, I find that, uh, you know, when we've done what we've done, why are we at, why do we question what we're getting with these children and acting the way they do and, and growing up this way? And the idea that we can pass more gun control is nonsense. We need to, we need to go back and honestly, 
I think if we were to put the Bible back in school and the Ten Commandments back in school and, and just give it 60 days, I bet you we'd see the greatest turnaround in this nation has ever seen. Um, to remind them that they have intrinsic value as a human being, that they are important, and that God made us very special, and that we're not just blobs. And I think that is the only thing that is going to make any changes here, because you can keep passing laws, but that's not going to accomplish anything. Thank you. Yeah, Jim, I I think there's an old saw that says you can't legislate morality I used to think that was correct. Yeah. I think, though, that we can do so many laws that create uh, the ground for a loss of morality. And I think you and and uh, Robert before you are hitting on something that is so important, and that is the well, way we bring our children up, Jim. I, I think we have to retool that, yep. and that can't be done through legislation. No, it has to it has to be done, you know, locally. It has to be done where the federal government is not involved in it because their idea is not our values. And and you know, I just on a side note, I'm also one of those guys running for Congress right now in the ninth congressional district and and it just it breaks my heart to think what the families are going through that have those children and, and to think that I was just informed that Many of those law enforcement sat outside that school for over an hour before they entered, and it was because of a off-duty uh, border patrol agent that entered that school. You know, th- there's just too many questions that need to be asked, but at the same time, it comes down to until we return to Christian Judeo values, we can expect nothing less than what we're getting. Absolutely, Jim. That Judeo-Christian ethic formed the underpinnings for uh, for our country, and as much as people want to deny that, the assault upon it, well, choices have consequences, don't they? Amen. They do. They do. And thank you so much, Mike. All right, Jim. Thanks for the call. Jim from Stockton, appreciate that uh, very much. Mike Douglas Show here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. As we talk about our reactions to uh, the violence and whether or not our leaders are approaching it in a logical way, whether they're really dealing with the root issues or not. And we're also taking calls from candidates still for office. And let's go to uh, Jessica Wagner. Jessica, running for congressional district number 13. Jessica, welcome. And let us know what the issues are you're fired up about and why folks should vote for you. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Uh, My name is Jessica Wagner. I'm a write-in candidate for State Assembly District 13. I'm the only Republican running for that seat. Um, I wasn't expecting to run, but when I opened my ballot and I saw that there were three Democrats, I didn't feel represented. So I figured some Republican needed to throw their hat in. Um, I'm a constitutional candidate and I have a background as a teacher. Um, I am currently suing Gavin Newsom for what he did to schools. The education system's in trouble. Uh, We have a teacher shortage, but teachers are being removed from their classrooms over the COVID mandates. I was placed on unpaid leave and since being out of the classroom, I've been attending Senate and Assembly hearings, hoping to make an impact 
and I'm tracking the bills that will affect our community. I believe in school choice, ending the state of emergency, limited government, and transparency. And really, I'm just running because I want accountability and I want to feel represented. I didn't feel like anyone stood up for me uh, or the others that were hit hard by the mandate. So if you're a Republican, you're in District 13, which is Stockton, Tracy, or Mountain House, um, instead of just throwing away your vote, um, you can write in my name. Uh, you can also go to my website. It's jessicawagnerassembly13.weebly.com. And um, actually, I do have a little uh, thing that I'd like to add since you're talking about uh, violence on schools. And I think that we need to have armed security on every campus. I don't know why that isn't um, the expectation. If we, we arm uh, banks, if we protect our banks and, and the money with armed security, we should be doing the same for our children. Our, our children come first. That's important to me. Jessica, thank you. Just to confirm, you're running for the state uh, assembly district 13, correct? State assembly district 13. You won't see my name on the ballot. You'd have to do a little extra work and write it in. So it's Jessica Wagner, J-E-S-S-I-C-A, Wagner, W-A-G-N-E-R. And you can write my name in. Jessica, just going back uh, very quickly to your comment about arming people in schools, I don't understand that either. And uh, when I was in high school, and that was back in the late 1970s, about the time of Noah and the Ark and all of that. But anyway, at that time, there was already some resistance to that. We, We don't want anybody on campus, any law enforcement with a gun. And as a kid, I used to, why not? Uh, do you understand the resistance to that? Does that make sense to you? Well, no, that doesn't make any sense to me because when I hear there's a gun-free zone, it sounds like it's open season on our kids. Um, and I, I believe in the Second Amendment. I am a, a, a legal gun owner myself. I think it, it's a it's a responsibility and it's a right. And I think that actually, if we teach that, um, we we wouldn't have all of these incidents happening, um, and we would have more responsiveness. Um, yeah, I have no idea why, why we aren't putting our kids in a position where um, they're actually being defended against some of these threats. Jessica Wagner, write-in candidate for State Assembly District Number 13. Jessica, thanks for calling in. Thanks for sharing your thoughts with us. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, we're going to go now to Washington, D.C. Let's check in and see what President Biden has to say about violence recently. Memorial Day this past Monday, Jill and I visited Arlington National Cemetery. As we entered those hallowed grounds, we saw rows and rows of crosses among the rows of headstones with other emblems of belief, honoring those who paid the ultimate price on battlefields around the world. The day before, we visited Uvalde, Uvalde, Texas, in front of Robb Elementary School we stood before 21 crosses for 19 third and fourth graders and two teachers. On each cross, a name. And nearby, a photo of each victim that Jill and I reached out to touch. Innocent victims murdered in a classroom that had been turned into a killing field. Standing there in that small town, like so many other communities across America, I couldn't help but think there are too many other schools, too many other everyday places that have become killing fields, battlefields here in America. We stood at such a place just 12 days before, 
across from a grocery store in Buffalo, New York, memorializing 10 fellow Americans, a spouse, a parent, a grandparent, a sibling, gone forever. At both places, we spent hours with hundreds of family members who were broken and whose lives will never be the same. They had one message for all of us. Do something. Just do something. For God's sake, do something. After Columbine, after Sandy Hook, after Charleston, after Orlando, after Las Vegas, after Parkland, nothing has been done. This time, that can't be true. This time, we must actually do something. The issue we face is one of conscience and common sense. For so many of you at home, I want to be very clear. This is not about taking away anyone's guns. It's about not about vilifying gun owners. In fact, we believe we should be treating responsible gun owners as an example of how every gun owner should behave. I respect the culture and the tradition and the concerns of lawful gun owners. At the same time, the Second Amendment, like all other rights, is not absolute. It was, just, it was Justice Scalia who wrote, and I quote, like most rights, the right Second Amendment, by the, the rights granted by the Second Amendment are not unlimited. Not unlimited. It never has been. There have always been limitations on what weapons you can own in America. For example, machine guns have been federally regulated for nearly 90 years, and this is still a free country. This isn't about taking away anyone's rights. It's about protecting children. It's about protecting families. It's about protecting whole communities. It's about protecting our freedoms to go to school, to a grocery store, to a church, without being shot and killed. According to new data just released by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, guns are the number one killer of children in the United States of America. The number one killer more than car accidents, more than cancer. Over the last two decades, more school-aged children have died from guns than on-duty police officers and active-duty military combined. Think about that. More kids than on-duty cops killed by guns. More kids than soldiers killed by guns. For God's sake. All right, I can't take that anymore. Let's uh, let's take a few minutes. Think about what the president just said. I'll be back. Get your comments as well. 209-551-3483. Uh, I don't know, Mr. President. You say, for God's sake, all the time. Maybe you and God need to have a conversation about that. I'll come back in three minutes on The Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. To the Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the Valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, We were listening to President Biden wax eloquent about uh, schools being killing fields. I believe he made a comment. I'll have to go back and check it. I believe he made some comment about the fact that more children have been killed than soldiers. Is that, did he really say that? And anytime that someone who has proven to lie, and he has, let's be honest, 
He had told he has told us things that are not true. Anyone who has a track record of telling us things that aren't true, anytime that they say we're not going to do this, you can bank on the fact they are. What am I referring to? The president's claim that we're not here to take away your rights, but according to him, the Second Amendment is not absolute. It's not limited. Well, so uh, you can read into that, at least I do. Certainly, he's looking at taking away rights under the Second uh, Amendment. And uh, I just I want to go back to this story we talked about yesterday, Charlton, West Virginia. A woman in West Virginia shot a guy who was attempting to kill people. The suspect was named Dennis Butler, 37 years old. And uh, he pulled out a rifle, began shooting at dozens of people at a birthday graduation party in the city of Charlton, uh, Charleston, West Virginia. And a woman who was armed at the party drew her pistol, shot and killed the suspect. No one, let me underline this, no one at the party was injured except for the suspect who is now dead. There you go, Mr. President. That's what the Second Amendment is about. Saving lives because you have people having the ability to bear arms, to bear to to have firearms. People that are able to fight back when the bad guys who don't obey your stupid laws violate them, and then only the bad guys have the guns. Good night. Have you no sense at all? I'm frustrated, as you might be able to tell. I am so frustrated with this administration, with its incompetency, with its lack of transparency, with its lying, with press secretaries that lie and have no idea what they're talking about, and with a president of the United States who to the world appears to be having mental issues as far as his ability to comprehend what's going on. June 7, November 8. I am sorry to get so hyped up about this, but when the President of the United States comes off with these types of statements and on the one hand says, well, the Second Amendment, we're not, we don't want to take away your rights, and then he makes the case, well, but the Second Amendment, that's not absolute. That's not absolute, my friends. We're in deep wahooey. Deep wahooey is a theological term, and we're in it. Comes back to June 7, November 8, the midterms. My friends, we must stand up. We must question. We must analyze what our leaders are saying. If you can make any sense in truth about what we heard from the President of the United States today, I would be happy to hear it. He makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. And I'm it's not just the coffee, my friends, but it is time that we stand up, we ask questions, we become intelligent in our voting, and we fight back by going to the ballot box, casting our votes, and turn this ridiculous country around. All right, we'll be back with What's on Your Mind Friday tomorrow at 3 o'clock. 
on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. I'm going to go celebrate our 32nd anniversary with my wife. Bye.